With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. But she's got nowhere to go, and there's a Popeyes on the first floor of the building. August Landry does not trust people, but she trusts fried chicken. I don't know, something like that just made me giggle um, as a person who has worked in the fried chicken industry. <laughs> Welcome to the Midnight Bookworm. I'm your host, Neil Gilbert, and today we're going to be discussing a couple of LGBTQ books that have WLW relationships. Now, if you haven't listened to our last episode, I'm here to tell you that WLW means women loving women. It can be exchanged for any sort of gender in terms of acronym. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, we're going to do a couple different things today. So instead of comparing only romance books, uh, one of the books I would say is more realistic fiction than it is romance, but it definitely has romance in it. And these two books have been pretty popular on social media and reviews and stuff like that, and I really just want to be here to endorse these books. I think they're both a great read, so I won't really be ranking um, them in terms of which one is better or like which one you should move up on your to be read list. But the two books that we are going to be talking about today are The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid and One Last Stop by Casey McQuinston. Uh, Casey McQuinston also wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue, so that's definitely a theme in terms of pride books that I've been discussing. We're gonna get into the summaries and I want you to keep in mind that some of the stuff I'm gonna talk about after the summaries is um, it's going to be spoiler free so it might be a little vague um, if you have read these books try to guess at what I'm talking about I don't want to spoil like any sort of romance especially in the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo because you don't know a lot about the book coming into it but yeah let's get into the summary so here's a summary for the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo Aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique is herself. Why her? Why now? Monique is not exactly at the top of the world. Her husband has left her and her professional life is going nowhere. Regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write her biography, Monique is determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's luxurious apartment, Monique listens in fascination as the actress tells her story. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave show business in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way, 
Avalon unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. Monique begins to feel a very real connection to the legendary star, but as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. Now, this book is 385 pages. I actually do own a copy. It was definitely a quick read, so if you're looking for something to get you out of a reading slump, this is that book. And then here's the summary for One Last Stop by Casey McQuinston. For cynical 23-year-old August, moving to New York City is supposed to prove her right, that things like magic and cinematic love stories don't exist and the only smart way to go through life is alone. She can't imagine how waiting tables at a 24-hour pancake diner and moving in with way too many weird roommates could possibly change that. And there's certainly no chance of her subway commute being anything more than a daily trudge through boredom and electrical failures. But then, there's this gorgeous girl on the train. Jane. Dazzling, charming, mysterious, impossible Jane. Jane with her rough edges and swoopy hair and soft smile, showing up in a leather jacket to save August's day when she needed it the most. August's subway crush becomes the best part of her day, but pretty soon she discovers this one big problem. Jane doesn't just look like an old-school punk rocker. She's literally displaced in times from the 1970s, and August is going to have to use everything she tried to leave in her own past to help her. Maybe it's time to start believing in some things after all. Now, one last stop is 418 pages. Now, you might be like, oh my gosh, this is way too much. But trust me, once you hit like the halfway point and stuff like starts to happen within, there's multiple plots. So when stuff starts to really happen, like you will be on the edge of your seat and you will be wanting to finish this book. That happened to me. I was like 50 pages until the end and I just read straight through because I needed to get to the ending. So I think both of these reads can definitely get you out of any sort of like slump. You try to get into a book and you just don't feel the effort or maybe you've had a reading break and you want to get back into it. Either way, these books are definitely on the top of my list for getting out of that. Now usually I rank the books based on my favorites. But I think that The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is more realistic and somewhat historical fiction, while One Last Stop is definitely a romance book. And that's because Evelyn Hugo, it sort of has, it's more storytelling. It has a theme of some mystery going through it. It has a theme with a lot of plot mainly, and it's mainly organized by Evelyn's like seven husbands. While uh, One Last Stop, like, it's clear that there is love interest and it's clear that there is um, a conflict in terms of, like, splitting up that relationship. So that's why I can't really compare these two in terms of just which one is better. It's more like what you're in the mood for. Because if you're a romance fan, I'm going to say read One Last Stop. But if you're not and you're into more, like, mystery and stuff like that, um, read Evelyn Hugo. For both of my reviews, I gave these books five stars, and I don't do that lightly. After I read One Last Stop, I immediately was like, I need to record my thoughts on this book because that was one of the best reads I've had in a while. So I did that, actually, and um, I'm going to insert that right here so you guys can take a listen to what my mindset was kind of like um, after finishing the book. Thank you.
basically adored this book. I felt like the way that it was written, it's just one of those books that kind of sinks into your bones and your body is like, yes, I know this. And I don't even know how that makes sense. It was just immaculate. Like, I can't really describe it any other way. And I want to read you guys some quotes on this, like, from this book that I felt really... Honestly, I didn't really understand why August... I mean, obviously, there's, like, physical attraction and, like, not love at first sight, but I definitely would say attraction at first sight. But I didn't really understand where, like, the romance really came from because, again, you just see some random girl on the subway and suddenly you're in love. I mean, obviously, they weren't, like, in love in the beginning, but I think the hope that August has for her future, the way that she hypothesizes the life I would say guess, because hypothesize is scientifically not the right word, but the way that she guesses at what other people's lives look like, and she has such hope for people. I'm just going to read you a quote here. So this is um, the beginning of the book, like right after Jane and August first meet. So it says, Jane never volunteers anything about her life, so August has started guessing at the blanks. She pictures bare feet on hardwood floors in a Soho loft, sunglasses on the front steps of a brownstone, a confident and quick order at the dumpling counter, a cat that curls up under the bed. She wonders about the tattoos and what they mean. There's something about Jane that's unknowable. A shiny, locked file drawer, the kind August once learned to crack. Irresistible. The way that I read that, I instantly imagined this apartment and this person, and you don't even need to see them interact with other people because you already know honestly I don't think that real people think like this or if they do they're probably all writers um because if August thinks like this uh she's going into the wrong profession if she's not an author so I can definitely say that the author shines through their characters but either way like the way that everything is described you know that you are reading a book you are not just reading some sort of like thin not thin. You're not reading some sort of surface level romance. You are reading like a person. I also felt like this book had a lot of cute little quips. Like here's this thing. um, It's the very beginning of the book when August is looking for a new apartment. It says, but she's got nowhere to go and there's a Popeyes on the first floor of the building. August Landry does not trust people, but she trusts fried chicken. I don't know, something like that just made me giggle um, as a person who has worked in the fried chicken industry. Um, and I just think that when you add little quips like that, you, you're you able to build the personality of the character a lot more than just a person who is in love with another. Like, I see August as a fully formed human being who has a real backstory, who has a specific personality this is not some sort of drag and drop character this is a real person who is just immortalized in the ink of a book and I mean well not ink in my case it's more like pixels but I I that's why I loved this book I felt like I was learning people like I also felt like this was a window into the LGBTQ plus community in this part of New York I think it was like Brooklyn honestly I do not know New York geography so some of this I was just like oh yeah totally know where this place is but I I loved the little like 
scenes of August finding out her own identity and thus like finding out how that impacts her relationship with people and with Jane. Um, I mean, Jane is people, but still, you know what I mean. And I really liked this look. I felt like the author was giving me a gift of learning what this particular space is like. I mean, obviously, it's not real, it's fictional, but I imagine there's a lot of different spaces like the one described in the book. And I felt like the author was just handing us a piece of their soul and just being like, oh, here it is. Like, read it. And I read it and was like, thank you. Like, the amount of times I almost cried during this book just because of how emotion-provoking the writing is. And, like, I mean, I've never been in love with a time traveler, but I could feel it through August, and I really enjoyed that. I think, too, the way that, again, props to the author, like, this was, they also wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue, but I liked this book so much better, and I think just the writing developed, um, and it's really obvious, and I feel like you can sense the New York millennial desperation of being broke, being without a stable family, not having a stable friend group, like you feel untethered. And slowly throughout this book, the author tethers you to this this little apartment in New York and this subway train. And I, I completely enjoyed that. I felt like a new person after this. Like I had gone through what August went through. I felt like I was with her the whole time experiencing you know, a late night shift serving pancakes and going to the subway to meet your crush. Like, I I felt like I was there. And that is what I most enjoyed about this book because it felt like, again, like a little piece of the author's heart. And you could tell how, how warm and it wasn't, it wasn't fluffy in terms of just a lot of filler words, but it was fluffy in terms of I felt like I was also surrounded by these unique characters that were like so amazing and in terms of being like the best friends that they are. I it did not feel like I was just reading another romance book. This felt like something a profound experience that August went through and I just couldn't get enough. Like once it hit the halfway point, I could not stop reading this book. I it was it was my entire obsession. Because I really want this review to be authentic, I actually did reread The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo because the first time I read it was like a year ago, but I do own the book now. So, I will say that this is it's not um conventional in terms of like how the book is laid out. That's something that Taylor Jenkins read. I've like noticed in her books um she also wrote daisy jones and the six which is written in like a documentary form so basically a documentary transcribed this book is it's written mainly in terms of an interview so there isn't like there isn't unnecessary details about like the environment of like where the setting of where the characters are stuff like that like this woman is telling you her story and then it cuts back between Monique the journalist and like what's happening in her life versus like Evelyn it definitely kept me engaged I will say that I liked Evelyn's chapters a lot more than Monique because it's like old Hollywood glam and 
you feel the romance, you feel the ambition of everyone wanting to be better in terms of acting, and just stuff like that, I really was really intrigued. It is sort of like Daisy Jones and the Six, just that it takes place in entertainment media, but this is definitely like a different time, you can kind of tell. I also just love the fashion descriptions that were given. It was very fast paced, you can like burn through this book. And also, I felt like the outlook on marriage is one that we don't usually see. In terms of romance books, they almost always end with either the relationship starting or, like, the relationship hitting some sort of conclusion that might be marriage. While in Evelyn Hugo, like, you, you'll learn that Evelyn doesn't view marriage as some end-all, be-all, once I'm married, this is the only person for me. She uses it as a tool and the person who is first in her life is not her husband, it's herself, and I thought that was so refreshing, especially because it takes place in the 60s, and usually that outlook on marriage is not something that we see often. I really think that if you're, if you don't really enjoy the book ending in marriage, this book is for you. It definitely will mix things up a bit, I will not name the love interest in Evelyn Hugo, um, but spoiler alert, it it wasn't all of her seven husbands, but trust me when I say this is definitely WLW romance, and in terms of that, there was a lot of, not a lot of, but there was clear comparison between um, bisexuality and like having uh, two people in a relationship, one being bisexual, one being lesbian, and that like it was a terms of conflict in their relationship because again it was like the 60s and Evelyn herself says that it was very black and white in terms of like either you like men or you like women you can't like both I thought that was interesting again like it's it's history we're not taught in school it's something that I haven't known just because I didn't research it jumping from that theme to the characters itself the definitely definitely the characters in this book were flawed they had like they were not evil not cruel but they were definitely self-serving and i enjoy it was very slytherin vibe so if you guys are a slytherin like that's your harry potter house this book is what i think a good slytherin is kind of portrayed as because even if you're cunning it's not like her morals are bad they're just different than what the general public kind of expected of a woman at that time and I guess now too because you know like marriage still isn't seen as something that you can divorce or like get out of seven times I think another important part of that was shame or lack thereof um Evelyn does not feel shame for divorcing a person or using a person's marriage to her benefit most of them like the guy knew or like like there's a lot of psychological descriptions of like her view on men or like how men view marriage and you can definitely tell this is not like this is not usually a crime with a victim because both people in whatever marriage she's in have something to gain from that marriage the last thing I'll say about The Seven Husbands is that it is a lot about survival. I thought that was interesting because One Last Stop is also about survival, but one is definitely healthier than the other. I think August shuts people out because they've disappointed her or she 
thinks they don't want to be with her, but Evelyn has had many experiences where she gets shut out by others, and from that she has learned, but she still is able to have friends and have relationships. She just doesn't cater to stuff that's not worth her energy. And then with that, we're going to transition to one last stop. Um, I know that I already inserted whatever that I thought of right after the book, but I will say it's interesting in that book, again, the description of New York City, there's a lot of like hidden spots. You feel like you are a New Yorker. You don't feel like you're a tourist with however the author describes um, like the pancake diner or... um, or like the clubs that the people go to. I think it really is about carving out a place for yourself, especially in a big city, and kind of knowing yourself and with that being able to use the knowledge you have to get a better job, better your friendships, better relationships, better just your overall well-being. I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed the character development. I will say both of these things Um, Both of these books had multiple plots going on, which really kept you engaged, which is why I think they're such great reads. And it was also about chasing the past. I mean, one last stop. You read it. Jane is a time traveler from the 70s and Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's kind of focusing on the 60s to 80s in terms of Hollywood. I really enjoyed that look because it wasn't pessimistic in terms of like um the lgbtq community didn't exist until like stonewall like it is giving us this glimpse that is not in our history books i wish it was because the description of you know the lives that people lived before uh the kind of common knowledge we have today about different different like sub communities that have been marginalized now and in the past it's just so beautiful in the way that it's written like i wish i was there i wish i had a time traveler machine to go back and experience what these characters have experienced and if you're looking for that it's not like a um there is some despair but it's also about the joy of living life even if society doesn't want you to live it in the way that you are that i really enjoyed it really felt like a sunshine kind of moment even in this like This is going to be a really big metaphor, guys. Um, It it definitely felt like a sunshine moment in the middle of, like, a hurricane of social expectations and, you know, violence. And um, there's also, it is somewhat intersectional. I will say it's more in One Last Stop than it is in The Seven Husbands because Jane is Chinese. And I enjoyed how the author, like, didn't shy from that. Um, The author really got into, like, how the two um identities of Jane like intersected or didn't and how Jane made that decision like for herself before she even um let it play out on its own I think with Evelyn there is like a definitely a couple parts where she realizes like she's Spanish and she hasn't spoken it for years and oh by the way Evelyn is Cuban I didn't know if I said that but um just like learning like she learns herself that she really kind of ignored her culture in order to get ahead in this white american society and i i enjoyed that revelation about herself because i felt like i could relate and i felt you know if i can relate other people can relate and all these books are just a brilliant read i mean they both have 
some pitfalls. One last stop I felt like got a little blah in some parts just because it was kind of long or like you're like waiting and waiting for the characters to finally get together but it is it, it contributes to the plot and I will just say stick it out if you don't think that it's for you because once you get to where the ball gets rolling you will be so glad that you didn't stop reading. Lastly I would just say that these books um the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is good if you want a summary to get through quickly, a book about like Hollywood glam and the golden age, um, it does have like fashion, it has gossip and stuff like that, and it is, it's kind of Marilyn Monroe-ish, but um, I would say Evelyn is able to take control of her narrative more um, because she like lived to be like 80 and so then she's able to like create a biography about herself and one last stop just any romance read if you're looking for it especially if you're looking for one that has a little bit of science because there's like time traveling stuff i'm not sure how valid the science is but that's okay um uh and if you're looking for like a new york city book that is the book for you so really it's west coast or east coast with these Anyways, that's it. So thank you so much for listening to the Midnight Bookworm. If you have any personal opinions on this episode, feel free to share them on our Instagram post, subscribe on our website. And I really hope that you've enjoyed these and gotten two book recommendations. And happy Pride, everybody. This bookworm is out, so peace out, y'all.